With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-pack radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news and the home of the Bader and College Football Statistical Model. I'm Brian Conger. He's Rob Bowen. We are in week seven. Oh, my gosh. Already. Week seven of Pac-12 football play. Week tw- uh, seven of college football play. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on Twitter at 12 Pack Radio, at Sharp College Football on YouTube, and at Beta Rank FB. And as you know, uh, by the way, Rob, that's a that's a beautiful uh, <laughs> something happened to your camera. We're we're doing simulcast, simulcast here, YouTube video and uh, and podcasting. It was a short week last week uh, with some interesting games. I mean, this week, Rob is absolutely the. Um, just some really interesting games, but a little bit. Not even, I don't even want to call it hipster games, right? Because I guess I guess the the Washington State UCLA game was certainly one that I was looking forward to. Yeah. Um, Arizona USC, just like how bad when in the spoiler, like quite bad was USC's defense uh, against an actual offense, and uh, and what was what was Cal? Question mark. I think more of the question now is what was Oregon State as yeah. we look at the. Uh, the results of that game. You know, what stood out for you in week six, Rob, is, uh, you know, and if, if you're tu- tuning in for the first time, we're going to do general impressions of week six, and then we're going to go to week seven and kind of cover the games that happened and then project in, uh, those results into what is coming up in this week. And we have some really interesting games here. But what jumped out for you in week six? I think the biggest thing that jumped out for me in week six was the uh, <clears throat> was UCLA's defense. I mean, they absolutely put the screws to a Washington State offense that had looked really good this season, Um, with the exception of like quarter number one against Colorado State. Like Washington State's offense has been significantly better with Ben Arbuckle calling plays. Um, And our big question coming into the season, I mean, uh, about UCLA's defense was their ability to defend the pass. They really struggled with that. Uh, And I feel like they... Answer. I mean, look, I don't think they're like right now they're at number one overall in beta rank. They've only got four games against FBS competition in. Um, that said, they've been really, really good. It's not just beta rank that has them ranked quite highly. Um, lots of other people do too. Um, it's it's remarkable to see this kind of a turnaround with Danton Lynn, their new defensive coordinator. Um, yeah, that's I mean, like the the I thought the big story for me was UCLA's defense appears to now UCLA's offense is not UCLA's offense is a problem no. <laughs> major problem yes, that is the right that is the right <laughs> but holy moly this defense is really really good I mean like I mean I think it puts in perspective you know I thought Utah's offense was like in major trouble because if they struggled to score on UCLA right and had to rely on that pick six like how bad could they be but it turns out like oh man yeah. like this is going to be a tough defense to score against. 
Yeah, absolutely. One of the things for me that really stood out, A, is that, I mean, that was just a big win altogether. And I, I did the stereotypical completely panic on every every prep work hour of prep work that i put into ucla's preview this year i'm like oh they suck they, they suck they only scored seven points or 14 points or whatever uh against utah and then this was a really big win for them against washington state the thing for me that is interesting looking back at the prep work for ucla was i um i listened to a couple podcasts that cover recruiting and and all of them were really big on dante moore like, yeah. like they, basically, yeah. this guy is take him out of the box, put him on the field. He's going to be awesome. And I, that's why I was surprised when and, and some of it is is Chip Kelly chicanery, right? Like he doesn't really tell you anything. He's really obnoxious when it comes to like, like, hey, man, it's football, right? This isn't like geopolitics. <laughs> like This is just <laughs> just football in Westwood of all places, too. It's not like you're in, uh, you know, it's not like you're in Columbus, Ohio or anything. But all that to say was, OK. If, if Dante Moore is not the starting quarterback at UCLA, uh, I thought maybe, oh, okay, they just need to polish him a little bit. I just don't think he's as good as as the projections had for him as a recruit. Maybe he'll get there, but I, I've just been incredibly underwhelmed by him. Um, I had bet on UCLA against Utah more as a, hey, I think Dante Moore can go into Salt Lake City and put up you know more than seven points of offense, which yeah. <laughs> jokes on me really wasn't the case. Um, and, and then again, in this game, you know, Washington State's defense is good. I don't think they're that good. Uh, but yeah, it's like kind of the opposite of what I thought, where I'm like, yeah, the, the defense might kind of suck, but at least the offense will chug them along. Right. Uh, that, that is really interesting that they've been able to push the, the ball forward on the defensive front. I mean, I think the biggest problem for UCLA going forward in this is, one, look, more... <clears throat> and I, I, I think we should also say, like, because I think our expectations have reached the point where we almost expect <clears throat> freshmen to come in now and just be able to play. Right. Freshman yeah. quarterback. We just yeah. expect them plug and play. And that's not always, which is totally unfair. Right. <laughs> totally unfair. <laughs> that's not always the case. He may like, he may still yet grow into this job, right? Like and figure it out. <clears throat> so I think if like the expe- expectation of him being like the next freshman phenom was like, yeah, that he's missed on that. Right. Like, um, now the biggest, the biggest concern you, I think I have is, UCLA really, I mean, and they, they were pretty good. Now they were pretty good running the ball against Washington state. They managed to get, you know, Carson Steele had a good game. He had 140 yards on 30, 30 carries, 4.7 yards a carry. They're strong. Like the offensive line isn't as good as we thought. And that, that is probably like the biggest problem along with Dante Moore. Um, is like, I, I figured the, the, like, you know, the home of the hallmarks of Chip Kelly's tenure is plug and play on the offensive line. Take a guy who's playing defensive line, throw him in a guard. It'll work, whatever. It's not yep. working as well this time around. Um, and that's a big, t- I mean, that's a kind of a big problem for this UCLA team going forward. Cause like all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, like <laughs> Chip Kelly's got a defense. Like, like this could be good. And then you're like, Oh no, but do they have an offense? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they are moving forward when all these grad transfers leave. Um, you know, his recruiting has just been all over the place. It's kind of like I think we've made this before, but uh, oh gosh, the um, the hedge fund manager that just makes everything so complicated. Like you know, in the middle of COVID, he was trying to you know sell Universal Music as a SPAC, and you're like just just. 
just buy Apple, man. Like it doesn't have to be that difficult. Yeah. Like yeah. you don't need to go run or go run yourself in circles. That seems to be Chip Kelly when he's recruiting players. But um, for this year, let's see if the quarterback can really step forward. You know, looking in Los Angeles the same the same day, it, what jumped out for me is like USC got away with one against Arizona. Yeah. If if you're a regular listener to us, we we did record a podcast last week, but we had some audio issues, so that's why you should subscribe on YouTube. Well, you will you will never miss an episode because we record live and it gets there but um the podcast feed didn't work <clears throat> which is a bummer because we were really on arizona in this game a 22 was a ridiculous spread um i think i had mentioned on the podcast like if this is in tucson they have a chance to win yeah. and guess what they had a chance to win in los angeles yeah. that's how bad the usc uh, defense is and how good the arizona offense is so long as the arizona offense isn't trying to make really important decisions like in the red zone right i mean there were like four different ways that Arizona could have won this game. Uh, Fish went for the field goal in the red zone multiple times. Yeah. And I just was like, I kept looking over to my dad's watching. Like, you can't, you can't take, it was actually my son who didn't understand what I was saying, but like, you can't give him three points. You know, if you're, if you're on the road against Caleb Williams, you have to get touchdowns. Um, they failed to do that multiple times. Uh, I guess we get, let's just talk about it here. I mean, the chance to go for two to seal the game was just, it it was inexplicable and totally inexcusable. The one thing that I should mention, like if you follow us on Twitter, I was like quite hot headed about the decision, but, but I also make, I I made those comments with a respect for what Jed Fish has put together at Arizona. Like Arizona went into the Coliseum with a backup quarterback and a backup running back and an offensive line that has just been all like three stars and in a defense that was kind of that literally featured players that filled holes that USC tried to, to pick away successfully from Arizona. And they pushed him around on the offensive line. Caleb Williams didn't have as much time to throw. Yeah. Arizona was able to put up points. They had, they were in it. So it was more frustrating for me because you watch that game and like, this doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're an Arizona fan or not. It's more just, you had a chance to win this game. This was, this was a huge, huge opportunity and you have you getting you two yards against a defense that hasn't been able to stop you all game, and you're like, no, you know what I want to do? I want I want to play footsie with Caleb Williams for the rest of, oh. of the for, for overtime. It was just I I was I mean this is Fish's fault that they lost this game. Yeah, I mean look, I mean and, and he came out in his press conference today and he said he wanted to <clears throat> he trusted his defense and he wanted to give them a chance because they played so well. And I look, I mean let's 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 give credit where credit was due. Arizona played man most of the game <laughs> and got away. I mean, didn't get away, just get away with it. Did it pretty well against USC. They were able to get pressure on Williams pretty well. Now Williams, of course, like made them pay with his legs considerably, you know, like, in, you know, for to the tune of 41 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. That said, like it was inexplicable to not take the chance to win the football game. Like you, you have an opportunity to not keep putting the ball in Caleb Williams hands and asking your defense to stop the guy that is undoubtedly going to be the number one pick. Like you have an opportunity and, and likely, I mean, like really should, I mean, look, he didn't have the greatest game against Arizona, but like, I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily on him. I thought everyone around him had a bad game against Arizona, (laughs) right? They did. Yeah, Yeah, they absolutely. I mean, I was shocked. Yeah, oh, I'm so just like this was a this was this was a better performance than ASU put up when yeah. they were in the Coliseum last year. And I'm I'm not I'm not like I'm not trying to do the oh Arizona ASU and like compare the teams. This is more just actually a Caleb Williams point where Caleb Williams won 
uh, that game for for USC when they played ASU in the Coliseum. I think it was last year. Yeah. Because he's just so freaking amazing. Right. Like he pulls the. You mentioned the forty-one yards. What that doesn't what that doesn't encapsulate was him running vert like horizontally, right. getting out of a sack and then chucking the ball forty yards down the field. I mean, like he covers up for so many problems with this offense i was shocked at how to your point like arizona was able just to to play straight up like man on some of these wide receivers and it didn't matter yeah like, that's really concerning yeah i mean with 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 christian roland wallace starting for usc right like that <laughs> you know yeah. one of arizona's starting corners from last season is starting for usc and Arizona came into this game with Ephesians, Prystock, and Takario Davis and just played man straight up most of the game. And it worked. You know, I mean, like Williams was constantly like he was not finding guys open on his first or second reads and he was having to buy time. And then Arizona was getting pressure on there. Like USC might like, I mean, let's be honest, like this USC offense isn't as good as they were last year, even though Kayla Williams is having a phenomenal year. Their schedule is about to get a lot tougher. One, like one takeaway from this game is like Arizona is better than we thought and the defense might be a lot better than we thought and i'm not saying they're good but they're a significantly improved over what was an abysmal unit last season um and two i mean and now there's potentially a qb controversy which we'll have to talk about when we get to the arizona game but yeah oh, the other one is is like usc could drop a dumb game like they are they have been they have been at a knife's edge with the middle of the Pac-12 and some of the bottom of the Pac-12 in these games up to this point. Like their schedule is about to get a lot harder. They don't miss anybody, <laughs> right? Like they have to play Utah. They, I mean, would likely with likely with rising back. So they get Notre Dame this week. They get Utah, Washington, Oregon, and UCLA to finish out this season. They could, you could, this USC team could drop four games if they don't start playing better. Uh, I think it was uh, Chip Patterson had said, wouldn't it be really funny? Oklahoma gets to the playoff before USC, like in Lincoln Riley, like all the chirping, all those, oh, because they took that leave. They took him leaving real personally. Oh, they did. Um, Frankly, looking at USC's schedule and just what they've been able to put, like I think Oklahoma has a better chance of them making the playoff than USC. I, I'm, I was shocked that, that, I would Arizona had this game in hand and, and, and part of it was on Arizona and them playing well, but also it's just USC like this is a decent offense and they're going to play better ones like back. Not this, not this week. I think, well, here's a question for you. Is Arizona's offense better than Notre Dame's? No, I think it's yet. No. Well, so right now, here's the problem with Arizona's (laughs) offense this season. You know, what's holding them back is the Delora games against Stanford where they were awful against a very, very bad Stanford team where they went out and nearly lost to Stanford. Delora was like barely above 50% completion percentage. Like that's holding their overall numbers back as well as the four interception, one fumble game at Mississippi state, which turns out also doesn't have a very good defense. Um, so I think if you took those two games out and of course, like that's a ton of data considering how little data we have at this point in the season, um, Arizona is a lot better, right? I mean, like they're they're, like Arizona, like now Arizona does not have Notre Dame's problem. Like Notre Dame is a totally different problem. Notre Dame doesn't have great wide receivers. Arizona has better wide receivers than USC does. Um, But USC is going to have to try to stop 
Audric Estime and that Notre Dame running attack that we saw in person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the over under on how many yards Estime has. And then like Hartman just has to play off play action in that point. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that game. Cause that's a really interesting matchup. Um, other news, Oregon State gave up 40 points to Cal. It doesn't even matter how many they scored. Oregon State gave up 40 points to Cal. The third that stringer with the best some, name in the Pac-12. Yeah, like Hippolyte was like, <laughs> Hippolyte was in pure, in like, you know, rare form last, uh, the, this past Saturday. It was like, congratulations to the quarterback who, whose only offers were from Yale and Harvard for dropping a 40-burger on, on uh, Oregon State, which that was pretty good. And then, um, and then Colorado... Pulls one out. Like I, I wish, I wish you know this goes into the lost episodes where where I also went bonkers about uh, uh, Jaden Delora being one of the best quarterbacks in the Pac-12 last year. This was last year before the beginning of the year. Uh, one, well, not not one of my best takes in in the, the history of this podcast. But uh, we had talked about how Vegas hung a four on this game yeah. and how appropriately disrespectful that was yes. because that line did not move. It was no, for no. all week. <laughs> every, every professional better in America was like, yeah, uh, no. <laughs> like, nailed it. <laughs> you know, like. I, I put it at three and a half. So I was actually like every, every week I write out what I think the lines are going to be. I had it at three and a half and it ended up being four, which was uh, pretty close. And, uh, and I was right, which was, uh, so anyway, we'll, we'll talk about those games. Let's get into week seven here because we have six or seven games to cover because of the Notre Dame USC game. I don't think there's any buys this week and let's do, well, actually anything else to mention before we go to break? No, no. I mean, I think we covered the main, the main highlights before we get into breaking down the games. All right. Let's uh, get to all of those right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, we're back. We're talking week seven, Pac-12 football. Lots of games on tap. Let's start, uh, let's start on Friday. Friday, October 13th at 7 o'clock p.m., Stanford goes on the road to Boulder to play the Colorado Buffs. They are an 11.5-point underdog on the road. And Stanford had a bye last week, so, you know, they, they might be able to, to cook up something extra special with their, you know, two offensive linemen that are probably healthy now. Um, I think the Stanford team stinks. Uh, but let, let's talk about what Colorado was was doing with ASU. I had the chance to watch most of this game. Um, and it and it frankly was kind of what I thought it was going to be, where ASU plays hard. They they don't have all the players. They're missing a lot of pieces. But they came out and really thought that they could win this game. And it was at home, and they and they almost did. They really had an opportunity to, to win. Shadur Sanders really was able to close it up um, in the fourth quarter. 
And uh, overall, this is back and forth. Not a super high-scoring game, which is a little worrisome, I think, if you're Colorado. Um, I know ASU's defense is fine and not as banged up as his offense, but I was really thinking that Colorado would probably score a few more points in this game. They didn't. Uh, what, what did you What did you think about the matchup here? I mean, I thought I thought this was a great game for Arizona State. You know, and we talked about like that. You know, Borget Borget was going to be able to come out and just throw all over Colorado. And he largely did right. Like now he only got 6.8 per, he doesn't have a bunch of, he doesn't have, a, he doesn't have a great bunch of wide receivers, <laughs> you know, um, or a big arm. Yeah. Or I, a big I think arm. 335 is him throwing all over yeah. Colorado. That's, that's about as good as it's going to get. Now Scadabo didn't have a great game. Um, you know, like I don't, but they also like, they, 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 they didn't try to run it a ton. I mean, he only had 13 carries here. Um, you know, but like they, they, they got enough around, you know, they got enough going, I would say around, you know, the offensively to be able to hang in this game. Um, I thought the amazing thing, man, Shadur Sanders, even though he had some highlights, he had a real bad game <laughs> yeah, in this game, you know, like just, you know, barely above 50% completion percentage, 5.7 per, he didn't have any picks. So at least there's that. Um, but offensively, this is a really, really rough game for Colorado, I thought. Um, and, and this is coming off. I mean, look, they have played um, and they've largely been able to put up points when they have put up points. They put them up against Colorado State. They put them up against you know a Nebraska team that was clearly overmatched and a TCU team that's defense has regressed and a USC team that we don't think has a particularly good defense. I don't think ASU has a really good defense, but they had a really, really rough night of it. Yeah. I think one of the things that just consistently comes up right about now is when really you start looking at, at all these numbers over the course of games and you're like, yep, yep, yep. We knew this about Colorado after the third game just because of the the, play, the teams that they played against. 56 yards rushing. Oof. I mean, now now there was some sacks that were baked into that, but um, I, I know Hankerson had like 5.8, but like overall, they just this is a team that can't run the ball. And when you're doing that, I mean, ASU's rush defense is probably five forget what the numbers were they're they're fine but they're not like world beaters so yeah. just is what it is we kind of knew that they couldn't run the ball and they can't run the ball um they were able to do basically the bare minimum to to win this game on offense uh the thing that jumped out for me i think i was listening to like cover three podcasts and they were talking about how um there aren't any wide receivers on this asu team i'm like you don't watch pac-12 football because elijah badger yeah. is a man <laughs> 12 receptions, 134. Uh, Xavier Gilroy is also good, even though he came from, I think he was an Idaho State transfer, but he's actually good. They have the the tight ends. There are weapons in the skill positions um, to some extent. I mean, they're not as good as like, I mean, if you, if you rate them in the conference, right. they're not They're great, in the bottom half of the conference but, uh, if you rated them out, but they're you're right that they're not terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and Borgay, like, you know, six, he's just, you know, he's just going to get what he's going to get in this game. Um I mean, I think we kind of know what Colorado is now. I'm just curious, Rob, what the numbers say between them and Stanford because Stanford just stinks. Yeah. Like, this team stinks. And um, 11 and a half now, they – is this – I forget if this is at the farm. This is in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> oh, buddy. Like, I mean – I don't trust Colorado's defense, but I don't trust uh, I don't trust Stanford's offense here. What what are the numbers? So here's what's fast. I mean, so Beta Rank has this one closer. Um, you know, Beta Rank has this game. It's got Colorado at 85 currently, Stanford at 99 overall in Beta Rank. Um, it, the naive spreads six and a, like almost six and a half. 
Um, but the predicted team points has Colorado at the, almost, almost 32 points and Stanford at 29 and a half. Um, and, the, oh, wow. and the reason for that is, look, Colorado's offense, they're at 70 overall in beta rank. They're clearly the better of the two units, um, but they are struggling to put up big plays. I know that sounds counterintuitive considering what you've seen, but they mostly have a pretty good drive efficiency number overall. Um, but they have a 20, they're 27 overall in effective pass. They're at 121 in effective rush. They're not a great rushing team. The Stanford defense sits at 106 overall, but they're better defending the pass. They're at 75 defending the pass versus 121 defending the run. This, this is a decent matchup. Like, listen, the Stanford, they're going to give up some points in this game, um, but they're set up to at least make it a little bit harder for Colorado to throw the ball. You flip it around. Colorado's defense sits at 100 overall in beta rank. They're at 129 in effective rush. Um, they get a Stanford offense uh, with, yeah, you know, under, oh, why, why am I spacing his name? Troy. Troy Taylor. Troy Taylor. <laughs> um, I won't remember it. You're going off to the ACC, bud. Um, Troy Taylor. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Um, they're, at, they're at 57 overall in effective rush. Um, I think, I mean, like the mat, like you get into the matchup itself. I think Stanford's going to be able to run the ball against this Colorado team. Um, and I think that's really the problem. Like I, like the, why beta rank has this game is a little bit closer is that they are just going to be able to, to likely run the football. And I mean, look, if, if Travis Hunter is back, you know, maybe all bets are off, um, on this, but I versus that spread, I like, I like Stanford even on the road. I know that's crazy to say. Oh I know that's crazy to say, but they have Colorado. I feel like the the wear and tear, and they're a thin team. I feel like the wear and tear of the season is starting to catch up with them a little bit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We saw that at ASU. Like, yeah. If they played ASU at the beginning ASU's of the year, ASU's a bad I, I, team. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I mean, this, like they got blown out, blown out by Oklahoma state that lost at home by multiple touchdowns to South Alabama. Oh, I think you talked to this into me because I always do like matchup versus matchup. So, right? no, no. So, I mean, look, look, um, I mean like live your, you know, choose your own adventure here. I just like this matchup, this matchup on its own. Like, I mean, look like Colorado is explosive enough and Sanders is a big time player and a big time quarterback that they could hit some big plays and this could be over real fast. I just think Stanford's a better rushing. I mean, like when you look at, let's look at real quick, Arizona state's at one twenty three in effective rush and they didn't run the ball well against Colorado. I, I, th- I think, I think Stanford's going to be able to run the ball. Yeah. The worry is that line, but they got a week to get guys healthy, which is helpful. Right. Um, it's just, they have the running backs. I don't know if they have the line to really push, to push, push Colorado. Hard. around. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Because, because if if uh, all right, I'll I'll take Colorado. No, that, no, I mean, I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take Stanford. I'll, I'll take Stanford. I'll say that 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 sounds right. Right. This is a matchup. This is a matchup league. Like you know that that you you can't just look at the names on the jerseys and that kind of stuff. I'm worried about taking Stanford um, on the road at altitude. Also, yeah. that I think is a problem. Right. I think this line already ticked up. This the line opened at nine, and it's up to. It's all, it's up to 12 at some books. So it's, so you're getting three more points of value 
I'll I'll take Stanford. I think that's I I, I like how I like how you broke that down, and I think you're right. Um, I'm just worried the the Sanders big plays are what worries me, where this gets out of hand. But I I, I think Stanford can can at least keep things respectable. Um, and, and this is another game that they're going to have to get up for, right? Like, that's tough, man. Like the, every freaking game they, they have to like really bring it because everybody's everybody's going to give them their best and i think stanford feels like they have a shot well it's, they certainly didn't get any favors done i mean look, i mean it's not as if the conference like is out to get colorado like you you get so like i don't want to say this is harsh it's like you got asu and then stanford coming off a bye right like but stanford coming off a bye here doesn't help colorado one bit right like stanford could also use to get healthy and now they've had a chance they've also had a chance to game plan and practice for colorado for two weeks yeah i hear you Okay, you talked me into it. I actually, I, I, I like that. We'll see what happens. It's a lot. On it just feels like a lot of points. Like if it was down around, like if it was eight, I, I would take Colorado. But Stanford on the road. Let's go. Let's go. That's why we get. That's why we call it gambling. Uh, <laughs> all right. Next game we have uh, Saturday, October fourteenth at four o'clock p.m. on the Pac-12 Network. Uh, shout out to our friend Ralph Amston for just retweeting people's frustrations trying to sign into Pac-12 Network to watch the Colorado game. <laughs> I found that really funny. <laughs> like he's just constantly retweeting people that were really mad about it. Um, Arizona is on the road in the Palouse against uh, Washington State. Arizona is a eight-point dog um, in Washington, uh, in Washington at Washington State in the state of Washington. Washington State. Good team, right? I mean, I just, I was so bummed because they had an opportunity to beat UCLA. They had a couple fumbles. They had a, a really, like two really bad interceptions. There's this really funny clip of like all, you can find it on YouTube where it's all of the bad Jets first round draft picks. Uh, it's just like a compilation of them one after another. And there's like 17 of them. And there's one where I think like John Elway is, is clearly they should draft him. And it goes in with the number one pick. The New York Jets select Bob. It's like very, and you just hear one guy go, "Oh no!" And, and that was me at the bar with that awful Cam Ward pick. Just me by myself yelling to the heavens, like, "Oh no!" Oh man, oh, uh, so rough. Uh, Nineteen for thirty-nine, one hundred ninety-seven yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I do think that this UCLA defense is better. Um, also, just no per- productivity at all on the ground. None. Nikita Watson, 2.3 yards per carry. Holy smokes. Um, yeah, it was funny. I, it was funny. Cause like Nick Aliotti had the, he was on the halftime show. And he's like, I don't know why they're not running more. I'm like, what are you, t- what in the wide world are you talking about? <laughs> like, 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 they're, they're, I would, I would argue they shouldn't try that at all. <laughs> I mean, and, and to be fair, Dante Moore had two picks. Yeah. Uh, UCLA was able to get it done on the ground. Like to your point, right? I, in my mind had visualized because I know the defensive ends of Washington state are good. Um, had, had, a, a, in my, like mentally thought that their front seven was better than their, their secondary, but their secondary is actually flipped. Yeah. The secondary is better. Um, and that it, we saw that in the numbers here too, where 180 yards on the ground, from UCLA, and that's including a number of sacks, like the, like thirty yards worth of sacks, uh, which also speaks to Dante Moore. Yeah, yeah. Um, Arizona can move the ball, right? Like on the ground and in the air, right? But holy smokes, the Palouse is a tough place to play. So, so what what do the numbers bear out here? Oh man, I hate like I I hate this matchup because if it's probably going to be Delora, 
<laughs> he had a horrible game against them last year. And I think he said, I think Fish said it was. Yeah, right? so, if he's a hundred percent, if he's a hundred percent healthy, which, yeah. All right, so it's a uh, well, real, real fast, real fast, because like most people don't watch Arizona games, rightly so. So like basically, Delora is the roller coaster of the Pac-12. Like he's high, he's he's the Anna Green Gables, high highs and low lows. Uh, and really dumb decisions like, and really great like decisions. As if, but but if you gave if you gave Anne of Green Gables some like biker meth and then set her yeah. loose, right? Like it's it is <laughs> the the high the high it is the highest of highs. I am so happy, and then I am crying about getting my new shoes wet. Like it is like just it, like a it, like a complete collapse. Like. It's, and they get this quarterback that that is pretty good. Like he's five foot two. Um, like <laughs> you can make, but makes pretty good decisions. He had one bad pick uh, in that USC game, but for the most part, I thought he played super well. He five he's touchdowns on the road at the yeah. Coliseum. Yeah. And and he could have gotten rattled, and he did. He got rattled for like a half a quarter after that pick, and then he he turned it back on. So like the idea of being hey this guy is more consistent and actually can move the offense. And we're going to get Jade Delora on the road against his old team. And he might want to take that personally. And I don't want him taking anything. Personally oh no, out. you don't want a Jade Delora try hard game. <laughs> like, that would be, you need, you need him in the Zen. Like, um, so Washington state comes in at 18 overall and Arizona's at 42. Um, if this were on a neutral site, Washington state would be favored by eight. Um, Washington state's offense is at 19 overall. They're really good at drive efficiency. Um, number seven overall there, but they, they, yeah, we talked about this a little bit. Their receiving core is okay. They don't, they're, they lack explosiveness. They're at 24 overall in explosive drives. Uh, still too many three and outs, too many turnovers, 44 in negative drives. They're at number five overall in effective pass versus 113 in effective rush. Um, I do want to call out for Arizona. Like their defense is, is at 55 overall in beta rank, which is a bad power five defense, but is an amazing turnaround over being like in the one tens, one teens last year. Um, really good at drive efficiency, 37 overall. They uh they're at twenty eight in effective rush versus eighty one in effective pass, but I do want to call out that eighty one in effective pass number is really pushed up by the fact that they've had to play Washington and USC in back to back weeks. Um, you know, so like they like and and they they did a really good job. I thought they had a really good game plan for Washington. Washington's offensive line was good enough to slow down the pass rush. USC's was largely not. It just didn't. Caleb Williams was able largely to negate some of that. Um, but I think Arizona is going to be able to play man. <laughs> I mean, against, yeah. I mean, like yep. against these guys, um, you flip now. Now I should, I should mention real fast. They did like dime and quarter. Yeah. yeah. Like they, they had, the, they had the coins that you get for the bubble. Game. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what they were playing out there. Yeah. In the, uh, so you're, it's going to be man. It's going to be like man and like a, and a dime package or like yeah, quarters yeah. with a bunch but of like been, all of those. That's, that's what they were in for the most part against Washington. That's what they were in for the most part against USC. So they've clearly got the bodies. Um, Arizona's offense is at 44 overall in beta rank, which I, again is, is held down by the horrible Jaden Delora games against Mississippi state and Stanford. Um, they're at number, they're at 114 in drive efficiency. This is under Jed Fish. This has been very similar for Arizona. They struggle with efficiency. They are looking for big plays. Now that has been a little bit flipped with Fafita in. He does operate the offense a little bit more. Um, but they're at 15 overall in explosive drives. That's what one thing to keep an eye on here 
is if they are able to put up big plays, this Washington State defense is at 35 overall in beta rank, but they mostly are very good at limiting drive efficiency, finding ways to get off the field. They give up big plays. They're at 62 overall in explosive drives. Now, they are better against the pass than they are against the run, um, but I'm really interested to see, as you pointed out, like UCLA did get some run yards against these guys. I think Arizona can run the football against them. Like with that now for reasons I don't understand Arizona on that two point play chose not to run power. They just ran a regular pitch, <laughs> but when they were running power against USC, they were getting yards. They, they opened stuff like that was, that was really interesting to me that what they were able to do against the line. And we knew that the offensive line wasn't great um, for like for USC, but like that defensive front, you're like, all right, you got Barry Alexander, et cetera, et cetera. Oh my God. Like they are running the ball football. Right. Uh, I think eight is a lot. So I set this line at seven um, and it opened at seven and a half. It's moved to eight. I, th- my worry is Delora, like you mentioned, the Delora try hard game. If he, if he's really just kind of a mess, then that's, that that's a problem. I do like, I don't think Arizona wins this game. I think, I think Washington state wins. I don't know if they cover more than a touchdown because Arizona can hang with this Washington state team. Um, I, I think they do get some big plays. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. And I think to you, exactly what you said, they're like, they're going to play like with six or seven DBs on the field, basically. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, and because Washington state can't run the football, I mean, like they, they will try, but I just don't think that they're going to be very successful at it. I think Arizona keeps this modestly close. I think Washington state wins because they're, this isn't the Palouse. If this isn't Tucson, again, like I think Arizona has a chance to win, but it's really hard to go to Washington state and play a good team with a good crowd. And I just think that's, that's probably what's going to happen, but I'll, I'll take Arizona and I'll take the point. It's such a, like, this is such, like, if it's Jaden Laura, like, Arizona, Arizona. I mean, like, it's funny because like did they, Dickert was asked today, and Dickert came out and said like, I don't know why they're not playing the young guy. You're like, ah. like, that's a little animosity there. there though. I don't know if he's. Oh to- no, I know. I mean, like, I know he and GD, JDL probably didn't like part on the best of terms, but like. I mean, he's not wrong. Like, you know, like Fafita's been really good, um, you know, and like, I mean, the only knock that was, you know, that anyone had on him in the recruiting process was his height. If, if he was, if he was actually 5'11", he would be at a better school than Arizona for, for football. Um, but I, I look, if it was, if it was Fafita, I have full faith Arizona keeps this at four points. Right. Like, and, and, and no more than like three or four points. Like this would be a close game the entire way. And if Cam Ward throws a pick, then Arizona could win it with Delora. Like Arizona could win by two touchdowns. Arizona could also lose by three touchdowns, right? Like, yeah. cause if yep. he goes out and has a real, like, I mean, a really bad game. And I do want to say like Cam Ward could equally go out and I think have a bad game here. I mean, I think Arizona, I've been, remarkably surprised by how well their defense has played by how good they have been. They've, and they've had not only they played well, they had really good game plans for both USC and Washington. Um, I think they're going to have a good game plan again. Um, I could see Ward making a mistake, but I, I'm going with Arizona. Like, I think this is just closer than eight points. Yeah. We've dumped on uh, Johnny Nance early and often, and I'm not ready to say that I was wrong. Yeah, uh, because I've been I've been down this road before where you have one good year and then you're told like bad year, bad year, good year and then bad year again. So but with that said, 
He's done a really good job so far playing a pretty tough schedule, and it's been interesting watching that defense. Uh, but we have talked a lot about Arizona, so let us move on. 12 o'clock noon on Pac-12 Network. Cal, who dropped again 40 points on Oregon State. 40 there's a zero at the end of that four is a 13 and a half point favorite on the road against Utah. Underdog. This is a tough underdog. game to capture. You, you still don't know. I did it again. 13 and a half point underdog on the road at Salt Lake city. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be still. Um, I've been, I've been on cam ward watch. I should have a Google alert set up for him. Just to cam see rising. His. Yeah. Oh man. I'm all over the place today. My apologies. Cam ward, cam rising, cam rising, uh, who also has had a, a quite a good year. Um, Let's talk about this Cal game because it was it was weird. <laughs> yeah. um, I just like I think my my theory. So first of all, they put in Fr- uh, Fernando Mendoza, who uh, who replaced and rightly so our founding father Samuel L. Jackson. Um, Thirty-one to thirty-two, two hundred seven yards, two touchdowns and a pick, um, which I would take more over Jackson. They were able, like the thing that really surprised me, Rob, was they ran for two hundred forty-one yards in the they game. They ran that, really well. Now, yeah, if you were to tell me that that was the case, I would say, yeah, it's Sam Jackson broke one for 75 yards, right? Right? And then, no, no, this was straight up just getting it done on the ground. There's certainly some big plays, but not a ton. I mean, like, I think the, the biggest rush here was like 25 yards. So um, what do you make of that? Because I, 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 I was under the impression that the front seven of Oregon State was good. The secondary is what worried me, and uh, they really get Ashtamir Calvin. Yeah, I mean, I actually came away from this like trying to think of in retro, like trying to think of in retrospect, is Oregon State's defense good? <laughs> or was it a bit of a one year, like, or are like, do we have like a lot of regression, right? And then I went back and I was like, all right, who have they played? <laughs> and, and the yeah. answers thus far is like a San Jose State team that's not terribly good, San Diego State, which Brady Hook's probably getting fired. Um, a Utah team that has truly no offense. They are a danger to no one offensively. Um, and Cal, right? Cal is like, I like Cal, like along with Washington state is probably the best offense they faced. Right. And then like, look, we had, we didn't know, we just sort of assumed the rushing offense or the rushing defense was good. I actually think Utah's offensive line is not very good right now. I don't think that they're able to generate much, much push. Um, because Cal knocked these guys off the ball. I mean, we know because like Washington State is not even going to try to run the football at you, so we didn't even get to see them tested there. Uh, <laughs> like this, this defense is in trouble. Like that, that like one of my main takeaways from this is this defense is in significant trouble um, for Oregon State. Like I, I think that they're I, like it's the offense has taken a major stride, a major stride forward with DJU in there. Um, but yeah, one of my main takeaways from this was like, good for Cal to get the ball, you know, you know, being able to run the football, getting that going, um, bad overall though. And that, I mean, for Oregon state, I mean, for, for all that we said about Cal scoring, I mean, they gave up 52 to DJ young LA and like, you know, he, looked uh, good. he did, he did. And Anthony Gould like is straight up a boss. I mean, that guy's like, you talk about five foot two guys, like that guy, get the ball and he's super electric, but he's kind of like, uh, I think it was in a knocked up where the guy, he keeps rolling the dice while he's at the club and they're like, he's yeah. doing the dice thing a lot. Like, that's kind of all he has. That's kind of all that Oregon state. Has. Now they do throw the tight ends. I mean, obviously Jack Belling, yeah. but like there really aren't a ton of weapons here on, um, on offense and Cal just allowed them to just do whatever they wanted. Basically 200 on the ground, 300 in the, in the air. Um, 
when we apply this to the game against Utah, it's kind of hard to cap this because we don't know who the quarterback is for Utah, but we do know what Cal is. So how does Cal's offense match up against Utah's defense here? Oh, this is a really ugly matchup. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. So Cal's offense sits at 53 overall in beta rank. <clears throat> They're decent at drive efficiency, 35 overall. 45 and explosive drives. They're at 90 and negative drives. That is a ton of three and outs and turnovers. <laughs> it's really bad. Um, they're at 25 overall in effective rush. They're at 84 in effective pass. They get a Utah defense that is number three overall in beta rank. Um, they're at number four in drive efficiency, number 12 in explosive drives. They're at number 13 in negative drives. They're at number two in effective rush. This Utah run defense is the truth. Um, and they're at 12 and effective pass the, you flip it around Utah's offense is at 60 overall. They're not good. They're, they're, they're at 26 overall in effective rush. Um, but there's the, the, like they have not played a particularly good run defense, this Cal defense. Um, now they did get lit up on the ground by Oregon state. They're at 27 overall in effective rush though, but they're at 63 overall in beta rank right now. Like this defense has been steadily falling from having appeared to improve earlier in the season. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, this game just feels like one of those ones where it's like, it feels almost like, like Cal's a much worse, like a much, much worse team than UCLA. Uh, at least defensively. <laughs> um, and I do, th- I do think Utah is going to be able to get something going, even if cam rising can't play here. Um, I, I don't think Cal's going to get much going offensively. I think Fernando Mendoza is, is going to get hit a lot in this game. Yeah. We saw what happened when Dante Moore went to Salt Lake city. Here's another uh, oh, like inexperienced quarterback. That's no. good. I mean, yeah, I know it's going to, it, it will be like, it will be hysteric. Like it'll be funny uh, in a good way. Right. You know, like, and, and we'll all brush it off and laugh with them afterwards. Like, oh, I remember when you went to Salt Lake and your first time there, like, I think that's kind <laughs> like, of yeah. what we're going to be like footsteps Falco from the replacements. Like, like, but <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my worry here though, is that, uh, I mean, Utah just cannot throw the football. No, and they can't run the football that well either. And I look, I know this, I don't think Cal's going to put up a lot of points. Like, so whatever the team total is, take a look at that because it should be low. Uh, but my worry is just like, I think Utah wins and I think they actually cover. It's just, how are they going to cover? Because, right. you know, you almost need one like, Oh, how did they leave the tight end wide open up the middle? Like you need one of those plays, I think for Cal to, to get to 14, you know, to cover that basically because the rush game, I I've been super underwhelmed by it this year. And so, so is guess what? So is Kyle Whittingham. He's like, yeah, we got to call them out this week. Yeah. I mean, look, Baderings like Baderings got it at 13.9 on the naive spread. But on the predicted points, it's got a Utah 23 and a half and Cal 19 and a half. Um, now, huh. I think that's too close. I don't think Cal's going to get to 19 and a half. No. Um, I think Cal's going to maybe get to 10. Um, and I think Utah's going to get to 21. Yeah. Right. I think, yeah, the, the bet the bet here really is um, the team total under probably for Cal. Because um, there there is a world where like Utah just cracks the game open and Cal just gives up and like Utah ends up covering the over, whatever the over is. I think that could it's like happen. if they have a turnover, like if they generate some turnovers, 
or if it's just bad, if it if it's just a field position game, and eventually Utah punches one or two in. I guess the last question here is: Do you think Rising plays in this game? If you so were, well, actually, let me rephrase it because, and I want you to answer that too. But if you were Kyle Whittingham and had a, a Cam Rising, would you put him in this game? Yes. I mean, so like if he's cleared to play and I'm sure he's been doing some throwing and stuff in practice and, you know, still been lifting and everything. Um, I, I'd play him just because it's so, I mean, it's been so bad and it's about like the, 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 you're, you are about to get the tougher part of your schedule and you need to get them reps. Yeah. Um, right. And like, so you might as well put him into this game, um, and see what you got and try to get him some game, you know, game experience because he cannot play. I mean, yes, you would like to get him to not get hurt, but you got to take the bubble wrap off at some point and he cannot play worse than Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson have been playing. They're so bad. I'm just so mad that they haven't developed a quarterback. Like, come on guys, like go hire somebody that just does quarterback stuff. Like, you know, um, because you deserve it. Like Utah has just been just all the time, all Utah, all the time. They've just, but I mean, like even last year, Oregon state didn't have a quarterback and they could still run the football better than this. That is true. That That is true. So yeah, I I'm looking to fade Utah a little bit further down, down the road here, even with Cam rising, just because I, um, I just feel like there's, there's some, what was the line at again? 13 and a half. Ooh, man, 13 and a half. It's <laughs> like I'm going to take Utah just because I don't believe Cal is going to put up many points here. I, I think I think Utah's defense is going to have a day, and I think it's going to they will they will they will get one touchdown themselves to help get him over. Yeah, it's a good line. Like the, <laughs> I set it at 13, and it ended up being 13 and a half. So it's um, it did pop up though. It opened at 10. So get those lines early. That's the thing. We're we're Monday. It's been a day, and that's popped three and a half points. Yeah, Barry um, had it exactly at like I said, thirteen point nine on the naive spread. Like, all right, let's get to the good ones here. UCLA number eighteen on the road at number fifteen Oregon State. I have I find it hard to believe Oregon State is the number fifteen team in the country, but but I digress. I digress here. Um, UCLA is a four point underdog on the road at Oregon State. This line perplexed me because I actually had UCLA a point and a half favorite in this in this game. I was. I know it's tough at Oregon State. This is certainly a game where like the crowd goes nuts and it's just it is what it is, right? It's foggy and it's cold and it's like kind of damp and everybody's yelling at you and you kind of fall apart and Dante Moore certainly could do that. Um, we didn't really talk a whole lot. I guess we, we did talk a lot about UCLA at the beginning of the game. We already talked about Oregon State, but anything else you want to mention about these two teams in terms of what they did last week before we get into the numbers? No, I mean, like the biggest thing for, for what happened last week for these teams is I think we feel like we've covered. I mean, it's like watch out for Oregon State's run defense in this game. Yeah, holy smokes. <laughs> uh, that could be really bad. Uh, so I, I'm, I think the wrong team's favored here. I, I do. It's funny because I've, I've gone back and forth, like, you know, talking about high highs and low lows in Anna Green Gables. That's basically me this week, like going back and forth. The last couple of weeks going like that on UCLA just – um, totally black and white um, in terms of what I think of them. But I, I do, I did look at this line and just go, is this just because it's in Corvallis? And I think that's probably the case. Like what? I think part certain, of it's because they're in, it's in Corvallis and part of it is Dante Moore, right? Yeah. On the road. But it gets Oregon State secondary. Like he was bad. I mean, he is bad. There've been multiple 
and and I like the the broadcasts for UCLA have been pretty good. We're like, up oh, that guy's open. Up oh, he missed him right there. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> just kind of like, come on, man, he's right. So I think I think I hear what you're saying. That that is a good point. But what what do we got here in the numbers? So Beta Rank has this uh, as a true toss up. Um, although now in the predicted points, it has it it does have Oregon State scoring thirty and a half and. UCLA scoring 26 and a half. Um, and UCLA's offense is at 21 overall in beta rank, um, which is a fall off from where they were last season. I think that there's, there's now there is still some data from last season that's significantly downweighted in here. I think they're probably closer to like the lower twenties overall, um, but they're at number nine overall in effective rush number 36 and effective pass. Um, they get a defense from Oregon state. That's 26 overall. Um, they're at 18 in effective rush and 44 in effective pass. That's something to keep an eye on there is that they, as to, to your point, right? Like they're, they haven't been great defending the pass, but the UCLA has not been very good throwing it. Now they get an Oregon state offense. that is number 10 overall really improved off of last year. They're at number five overall in effective rush. They get a UCLA defense and, and 22 in effective pass. Um, they get a UCLA defense that's sitting at number one overall in beta rank right now. Now they have, as we talked about, they only have four games against FBS competition in. This is they're likely to come down a bit here, but they're at number three in effective rush, number three in effective pass. I think the thing that I'm most interested in here is we talked about this. Like one of the takeaways is that I think Utah's offensive line might actually not be really good this year. I don't think that's the case with Oregon State's offensive line. I think. I think Oregon State's going to be able to run the ball a bit here, um, and and punish UCLA in a way that they haven't been, had up to this point. Now, I could be wrong. UCLA could just step up and shut this down completely, um, you know. But look, I mean, like the this UCLA team, like I, I was really like, and and I, I one thing I do want to call out here is like, look, I think DJU is probably a, a more complete quarterback you know, overall than Cam Ward. I think Cam Ward's probably got a better college system for him. That's like friendly to what he does. Um, but they shut down this Washington state offense last week. They shut it down. And I don't think, I don't think to your point, I don't think Oregon state's got a great bunch of receivers or something like that. Like they're going to need DJU to like have a really good game. That's a lot. That's a lot to add. Like, that's the part like, I mean, look, if you're, if you're UCLA, like you need Dante more to like you poke him with a stick, like do something. Right. But like, I do think, like, I do think that even though UCLA's defense is really good and has played really well up to this point this season, I do think they're going to be tested in by Oregon state's run game. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. That that's the thing that worries me here. Um, and I know like to your point, right. Then it looks like UCLA's defense is really good. I have just been, I've touched that, that stove a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it was interesting talking about Oregon state because I had a long conversation with this about Hithliday a few, uh, at the beginning of the year where, you know, Tibisar steps in as the DC, right? It's Tibisar. No, no, it's Trent, uh, they Trent Bray. They, that's right. Yeah. They fired Tibisar. Um, Bray steps in, you know, like, and he, he does, he makes some changes, but it wasn't, like the, the changes he made weren't incredibly drastic. Yeah. They just, there's just a lot of really good players on that team that happen to be seniors and they're all gone. And I just, 
I just think that UCLA has an opportunity here to score enough points to at least cover the spread, if not win, uh, because I think they can pick on this defense. And I'm worried about uh, DJU and what he's able to do. I'm worried about the run game. But I think this is a close game, and I'm going to get four, which is which is important. I guess the one question for you would be, how how many points is Corvallis worth? Because I think it's more than three. Yeah, I mean, it's probably through like three and a half, right? Like for Corvallis. I mean, and, and, and look, they're... Um, I, this, this doesn't necessarily like, look, this could be the game that Dante Moore gets on track, you know, and starts to look like, I mean, like getting on track against this Oregon state defense, but this Oregon state defense, I don't think is like significantly worse than the Washington state defense. Right. Like I, like they're not anywhere where they were last season, but I don't think that they've like fallen off the map to become really bad. Right. Now they did get run all over by Cal. I mean, run all over. Cal's got good backs. Um, I think that's an interesting one to keep an eye on here too. Like, I mean, if you're gonna get if you get run all over by Cal, like UCLA is probably gonna be able to run the ball here too. Um, you know, and that's oh, this is such a tough one to keep an eye on. Like, I I am gonna go with UCLA in this game because I do I do trust the defense to cause more problems. Um here but it, it's a really this is a really good game i mean this should be a really good game i think this game is probably closer to a toss-up than than you know and, and that's why i'm going with ucla yeah yep i'm with you next we got two more games oregon and washington usc notre dame let's get to those right after this this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. We're talking. Look, I'm I'm so excited. It's a bummer because I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch these games, which I'm so sad about because I'm going to be out of out of the country. Um, we got Oregon and Washington, USC, Notre Dame. Let's talk Oregon and Washington so we can just get get the USC game out because we don't have to break down uh, as much. And like this is the game I think everybody's been waiting for, right? Oregon goes into Washington as a three point underdog, so Washington is favored in this game. Um, I'm, I'm so excited about this and both teams, Rob, were on a bye, So they both yeah. get each other. Like, that's so cool. Like good, but finally, right. We, we would always like dump on the pack 12 and they finally get their act together and then they fold. So it is what, you know, such as life, life's not fair. But, uh, so both these teams were off last week and I mean, what, like, just tell, tell me the numbers here because I am just fascinated to see particularly what Washington's defense is right now. Um, yeah. versus Oregon's Oregon's I mean, go through all of them, but like, I, I'm just, I'm that, that I think is going to be the key. Cause I don't know where we're at uh, yet with both of those units. 
So this is a really fun matchup. Oregon's offense currently sits at number one overall in beta rank. Um, huh. They're at number two in drive efficiency, number four in explosive drives, 15 in play efficiency, and number nine in negative drives. They do everything well. Um, they're number seven in effective rush versus number six in effective pass. So they don't have a big split. Um, they can run the ball. They can throw the ball. Will Stein's done a really good job thus far to get a Washington defense. that's number 45 overall in beta rank, um, which is an improvement over where they were last year, which was about 66. They're at number 44 overall in drive efficiency. You can put together some longer drives against them, 44 in explosive drives. They're at 47 in play efficiency, 64 in negative drives, not forcing quite as many three and outs and turnovers. The biggest thing for them, and we talked about this coming into the season, they're at 45 in effective rush, 53 in effective pass. They are no longer a sieve in the back, um, comparatively. Now, you get the number two offense in beta rank in Washington. <laughs> That's right. Number 13 in drive efficiency, number two overall in explosive drives, number two in play efficiency, number five overall in negative drives. They really do a good job avoiding three and outs, avoiding turnovers. Now, Washington, though, is number one in effective pass versus number 111 in effective rush. You know this coming in. They are absolutely yeah. looking to throw the football against you. This Oregon defense, which is in the 40s last season, sits at 21 overall in beta rank. And they are struggling right now with the struggling with this drive efficiency, 55 overall. But their underlying yards metrics are good. It just means that they've given up more points than you would have expected. They're at 17 overall in explosive drives. They do a really good job containing big plays. They're at 21 in play efficiency, 24 in negative drives. They're at 36 in effective rush and 23 in effective pass. Hmm. So we now beta, it's funny because the naive spread has this as Oregon as almost a three-point favorite on the road. But the predicted points has Washington 39.15, Oregon 36.15. So here's here's my biggest worry. Like this, and this is just like this is really zooming in like micro. I'm worried that Washington finds the duck. And they just pick, they pick, like, I don't, oh, yeah. I don't trust all the, I don't trust all the, the corners here for Oregon. Um, and, and maybe it's just because like w- what I saw in the Texas tech game, but my worry is they just pick on somebody and they pick on them and they pick on them and they pick on them and they force the, the safety over. Then they pick on the next guy. Like that is the one, I think Oregon's the better team. I really do. I, I love Washington. Washington is so fun to, to watch. I don't believe in much in his defense, but I do think that there's a world where they're at home and it's loud and it's crazy and it's obnoxious. And like they find the the corner that just can't get his act together. And then they just, they, they just keep putting up points that way. And then it opens the door for everything else. The one thing though, is this one dimensional, right? Like Oregon is gonna be like, go ahead and run the ball. See, see, you know, have fun with that. Um, right. So that, that I think you're going to see a lot of guys in the, in the, you know, uh, in the secondary, just kind of roaming around, making sure that people aren't open. Um, cause I wanted to, I want to take Oregon in this game, but man, like I, this game is just going to be awesome period. But I don't, what do, what do you think? What do you think with these matchups here? I mean, I think you're, I mean, look like Oregon has not hit the point yet in any point this season where they've really, I think had anybody test how deep they I mean, Washington will, right? Like, I mean, like we talked about like Arizona's like Arizona's game. I thought Arizona had a good game plan. They didn't have the personnel to really fully execute it versus Penix and co. Um, but that was the takeaway. Big plays try to get pressure on Penix and then 
but the problem that Arizona had was they could not put pressure on enough on Penix and he always had time to find the check down. Um, he's going to face more pressure this game. He's going to face more pressure than he has at any point this season. Um, I'm, I mean, and Oregon has the better defense on paper. They have the better offense up to this point. Now that I, I still probably lean up a little bit towards Washington offensively here. Um, <clears throat> But I think that, like, if you flip it around, like, whew, buddy, like, do you, th- I mean, do you, like, I th- I think you're going to be able to run. I think they're going to be able to run on Washington. I think they're going to be able to throw on on Washington, too. That's a bit of a concern here, right? Um, you know, and like, or- I mean, like, Oregon's most, I mean, both of these teams have mostly cruised, <laughs> right? Yeah. Through their, you know, up to this point. I mean, like, look, I mean, Oregon had a Oregon had that rough game on the road against Texas Tech. We all have questions about how good Texas Tech is this season. You, you, Washington went in and had a rough game against Arizona, right? And Arizona is we've talked about much improved, but still not really good. Um, I, I just, I, I think, I think Oregon's get like, I think this is going to be a re- like, it, it, of course, it's going it's to be a really, really tight game. Um, Washington is slightly favored here. I, I just, I, I kind of like, I like them at home. I, that, like it just comes, it just comes down to that. I like them at home. Um, I think to your point, it's tough to cover Washington. I think they've got three, like people always talk about their two wide receivers. They have three really good wide receivers. Oh yeah. yeah um, and Penix showed in the Arizona game. He will t- I mean, you take everything. He will take the check down. No questions asked. He will take the check down. Um, and I like, I, I, I think that that like, but it is like Oregon's defense is, is significantly better than Washington's. Like I'm sort of like, feel like I'm almost thought, like if I flip it around. Oregon's defense is a lot better than Washington's. I'm just not sure they've been tested up to this point by anybody like Washington. I mean, they shut down Colorado, yeah. but that just feels like, I mean, they're so much more talented than Colorado and they're not stupidly coached like USC's defense. Yeah. So Washington has given up 24 to Arizona, 32 to Cal, and they basically shut everybody else down. Although I think I would argue Boise state should have scored probably about 14 more points in that game. I, I, yeah. It was just real. That quarterback is really bad. Um, and, and they, those players were so wide open. I'm like, there, you know, the Leonardo DiCaprio, there he is right there, you know, and there's just no, no connection. Uh, I just, I just hope Rob, both teams have fun in this game. That's real. That's where I'm at. <laughs> I'm basically. Not, I refuse to take a pick, make a pick. I just want everyone to have fun and get some orange slices afterwards. I mean, my, it's tough. Worry, it's so tough. Like, I mean, I mean, like this Oregon, this Oregon offense has been legitimately really good. But they they have not played a really good defense at all this season, um, and they've done a ton of damage. You know, now they've been incredibly efficient doing it. They've done a ton of damage against really bad competition. Yeah, I just don't think Washington's the defense to really like challenge them. I mean, I don't I know, know there are a lot of offenses that are going to challenge them in the conference. But yeah, that's my worry. The other thing too is when when Oregon was playing Texas Tech, Texas Tech got some pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like a lot. I don't know. I mean, and what that did was it kind of put Bonix back on his heels, and it just kind of it just made it more difficult. I mean, they still put up thirty eight, but like some of those, um, you know, some of that that, that happened at the end. Um, 
Well, they had to rely so, on like, four turnovers from Texas Tech in that game. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, that's true. But like two, two of those again, like I think two of those yeah. were like very where you kind of had to gun the ball down the the, the yeah yeah the, the field to win the game. But you're right, like there there were turnovers there. Uh, all right, I'll. I'm going to take Oregon because I still don't trust Washington's defense. Let's see if Washington's defense can st- step up and, and do this. I think I think Washington win this game. I'm not going to bet on this game at all. Like I'm I'm going to record this and probably watch it like at you know 2 a.m. London time when everybody's asleep. But like I'm like pretty really excited about it. I'll take Oregon on the road. I think this team is good. I think somebody's going to stop them. I just don't think it's Washington's defense, and I'm excited to see if Washington can actually uh, hang because I, I think they they are going to be able to put up the points here and and just make this a real fun game. Oh God. Uh... I'm going to take, you talked me into it. I'm going to take Oregon. I just, I don't trust Washington's defense yet. <clears throat> yeah. That's it. I mean, At it's just home. it. Yeah. That's I mean, even, I mean that's, yeah. Like, I just don't, I like, I, I don't think they're quite there yet. And I, um, I think they've made significant strides, but I just think Oregon's Oregon looks a little more complete right now. Yeah. I think so too. Um, man, I love Washington. I just love that, that passing offense. It is a delight. Um, and it's like, and it's real, right? I like watching Caleb Williams. I don't like watching USC's offense, right? There's a difference. Right. There, there's a difference there. Like, you know, it is one when it comes to Washington, they really do have to put stuff together. All right. Last game, USC against Notre Dame. USC is a two and a half point dog on the road at see, Notre Dame. Have you I got seen it. the weather I for this it. game? Have you seen the weather? No, for this no. Game? What, what is it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> like I have to get this out early because it's like it's gonna be like fifty and rainy with like twenty mile an hour winds. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. That sucks. <laughs> it's like what one of the things that's always really interesting, particularly when these teams go to the Big Ten, and you've seen that like you've seen this with like some of the other Pac twelve teams when they come to the the Northwest, Pacific Northwest, and it's cold and like the first quarter, your quarterbacks like keep dropping the passes because yeah. they play in the desert or they play in Southern right. California. It, it, that, they, that they've got like real. eight hand warmer things like broken up inside the little pouch, you know, the hand warming yeah. pouch. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> they pull their hands out and they're just like scalding red. From the- <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by this because I don't think Notre Dame's that good. I think their defense is good. Like I, I just, I may be very frank. I think their defense is good. I don't think their offense is good. I don't think their wide receivers are good. I think Sam Hartman is good. Um, and I think their running game is good. And so when I first thought about this game, I'm like, huh, um, this is interesting. Uh, I just, I mean, I know what USC is. And I still, like, had some trouble with the line. I, I had this at, as, um, I had this at USC minus three. And it opens Notre Dame plus uh, minus two. So I was off. I had the wrong team in this game. Uh, my, my worry here is that uh, before we get into the numbers is I, I think Notre Dame's going to cover USC like pretty well. Yeah. I just think Caleb Williams is a problem. And like, <laughs> it, it, there's just going to be like, it, if you're a Notre Dame fan, it's going to suck because you're going to cover you're gonna, They did great job against uh, Ohio state's corners or uh, uh, wide receivers, right? They are basically manning up on yeah. them who are better than them. USC's. Yes. Yes, exactly. I just worry that, like, I, I, I don't think Notre Dame's going to score enough points, and I think Caleb Williams is just going to be like, well, I'm going to run for 17 yards now. Or like, well, I'm going to throw the ball 40 yards down the field because I got out of the pocket again. I, I think know. that's what, like, 
so dumb. It's so dumb. We need to get in the numbers, but I think that's the game. I literally think that's what's going to happen in this game. No, no. I mean, Caleb Williams is literally pulling, putting this like, you know, like crap USC team on his back every week. Oh, so Notre Dame's at 15 overall. USC's at 17. Notre Dame's offense comes in at 23 overall. Um, they're at 34 in effective rush versus 21 in effective pass, but we've seen it. They can run the ball pretty well when they want to. Um, But they get a USC defense that's 78 overall. That is quite marginally improved over last season. I mean, that's bad. Um, They're at 70 in drive efficiency, 84 in explosive drives. I mean, they're at 71 in effective rush, 82 in effective pass. I mean, if you are Notre Dame, you clearly, you, I mean, this sounds like a weird thing to say. Arizona has better, better wide receivers than Notre Dame, but yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Sam Hartman's a better quarterback and you have a better offensive line. Um, but you flip it around, you get the number five offense overall in beta rank for USC. They're at number three in explosive drives. Um, they're at number three in negative drives. Caleb Williams, they don't take a lot of three and outs. They don't have a lot of turnovers. Um, but they're at number 42 in effective rush, number three in effective pass. Now, this Notre Dame defense, they're number 14 overall in beta rank. <clears throat> they do a pretty good job containing big plays, number 15 overall. They do a pretty good job on negative drives, forcing three and outs. They're at 32 in effective rush, but they're 11 in effective pass. Like, And I am sure Notre Dame and their defensive staff watched what Arizona was able to do last week, which was like forced Caleb Williams to have to play hero ball and took some notes, right? Like the same thing as like, Oh, I'm sure they're like, Oh man, like Arizona's running power. Like that'll work. Like that'll work. I mean, Notre Dame can do that. Um, and you and I have been there. It, it's, it's, you know, like you can wake up the echoes. Now they lost in the last bit to a pretty okay. Ohio state team, a very good, let's be honest, very good. Not great. Ohio state team. Um, but I mean, that place is going to be rocking. Even in bad and the weather's going to be bad. <laughs> I've just that that uh, that I know Notre Dame or I know USC's defense sucks. I do. I just like I just don't know. I don't know if Notre Dame's going to be like they will be able to run the ball, but I don't know if running the ball alone is going to do it. Right. I, I just think Williams is going to put up enough points where it's going to for like Hartman is going to need to connect for like two touchdowns in this game for Notre Dame to win. But sure. But they like USC, like Colorado get within a touchdown. Yeah. Colorado's all they've got is a quarterback, man. (laughs) So I'm just like, look, I, I mean, look, beta rank has this, this is a funny one. Like beta rank has this as Notre Dame by four on the naive spread, but only winning by roughly a point and a half on the predicted points. Um, both of these teams are going to put up a lot of points in this game. Um, you know, this should be a, this should be a pretty, pretty high scoring affair. I would expect, um, you're right. I mean, like, look, but this, this Notre Dame defense is going to be by a pretty good margin, the best defense that USC has faced. Oh yeah. Uh, my worry, my worry too, is that they're going to be able to do what Arizona did, but with like an extra linebacker, right? Like, cause I think I mean, their you, corners, Arizona held them to 28 in regulation. And I think like, I think Notre Dame will be able to man up 
and not need the extra safety out there and like oh, have that cat in the good. box. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and really just try to make, make things fresher. I just don't know if they're going to, I just don't know if they're going to be able to score <laughs> enough points. I, which just sounds so stupid. Against USC's so defense, yeah. <laughs> like, like you're putting, you're look. I mean, that that's the tough. The, like that is the tough thing with Caleb Williams. That is the worst. That you're like, is you're just like, yeah, all of these things are true, but there's also Caleb Williams, and he's worth like 14 points. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's literally it. Yeah. And and if Notre Dame's defense, like offense, was a little better, I this would be a no brainer because I think I do. I try. I actually think that it's. Well, they had a dumb game last week against Louisville. They had a really, really bad offensive game last week. Yeah, and both teams are going to have 10 players on the field multiple times, which we've seen already. <laughs> yeah. USC doing the same thing against Arizona. Uh, oh, my God. I'm going to take the points. It sounds so stupid. I'm going to do it. I think US, I, I just. I think Caleb Williams is just enough for them to win this game, and I... I um, I can't believe I'm, I'm not going to bet on this. Not at all. Like I just, I, I, I and, and frankly, like, look, we're a Pac-12 podcast, but I really don't care anymore about USC. Like I hope Notre Dame just runs wild over this team. Like I just, I'm so done with this USC team. Like put the stake in the heart. They're frauds. I mean, this is a f- totally fraudulent team. Like they're, they're a more talent. They are a more, a much more talented overall version of that 2017 Khalil Tate Arizona team where it was like the Khalil, Khalil Tate and the Washington Generals. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, were, so like Caleb Williams is so much better than everyone else on this team. Like I don't even think USC's receivers are all that good. Like No. no. I mean Brandon Rice is big and he, he's he fast does, too. He does get some good but, plays. Yeah. Yeah, but he's inconsistent and yeah. uh, Dorian Singer like it was interesting because um uh, Ralph Ampson like had had mentioned like yeah, I hope Arizona doesn't play too well because USC will just take their players next year which a is funny but b if you take a look at the players they took from Arizona like Dorian Singer is the fourth I think he has the fourth or fifth number of receptions Christian Roland Wallace started as the backup nickel on this defense and Keon yeah. Bars like barely plays so you know it's just so who, who knows like who knows no no Arizona's gonna Arizona's gonna finish with a better defense than USC this season. <laughs> Without their three players, minus, anyway. minus those dudes, <laughs> like addition by subtraction, Rob. Addition by subtraction. <laughs> <laughs> I, I keep like it's not that I want to take away from Johnny Manson. I just keep coming back to like adding Dwayne Aquina, who is like sneaky one of the best defensive minds in college football, to the staff is like, yeah. oh man, all of a sudden the game planning is a lot better. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that actually that is true. Oh, oh, they're playing quarters. I I wonder who. Oh, like, that was. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Arizona had a has a much much better game plan to start with. For every opponent that they have, how did we get there? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right? it's the, the greatest like mind coaching secondaries yeah. in, in college football. The guy that invented the desert swarm defense, the double flex eagle, like basically came up with like I just <laughs> so funny. And then coached all those dudes to the NFL at Texas and Stanford. Like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, all right, I'll I'll take the points. This is straight up a Caleb Williams bet. Like I just think that he's gonna. I, I think he'll do enough to get to get USC. Um, they could lose, but I'm still getting a couple points in a game that I think will be tight. I will take them. Um, I uh, and and I just hope that USC loses in four straight Pac-12 games. That would that would be the sweet justice where they beat they beat Notre Dame and then everybody goes oh oh snap like the the Pac-12 is even better. Them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, they're they're clearly like the schedule 
heats up for them big. I mean, big time after this because they get Notre Dame. Then they have Utah at home and then they, but they finish out with Washington at home at Oregon and then UCLA at home. Like they could like counting tomorrow or counting this week. They could easily lose a couple of these. Why? So last question here. Well, two, well, two last questions. Who are you taking? What's the line again? Is it two and a half? Two and a half. Ooh, I'm I'm taking USC, and I hate to say it, but it's like the predicted points. Like I think this, I think this is going to be like a one point game. Okay, so you're taking taking the points. Um, why is USC not fired? Fired Alex Grinch. I God Almighty, I don't know. Like I, this is this is going. It's not just at. USC, this is going back to Oklahoma, yeah. right? That he was not, it's not been good. And I don't understand why they, ha- and I don't understand why they haven't made an in-season move, right? Like I talked about this, like coming into the season with Johnny Nansen and then look, it's, they've turned it around. They've made significant improvement. You know, congratulations. Like I was wrong. You were right. You know, you were right, Johnny Nansen and Jed Fish. But for like now. I talked about, for yeah, now. for now, <laughs> until, until someone hires Dwayne Aquino. <laughs> like. I remember Colorado fans chirping at us about Carl Durrell. And I'm like, all right, like, let's give the COVID yeah, year a moment. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, the, that was the COVID year, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the, uh, but the, I will say, like, with Grinch, like, you had, you had to come into the season with an in-season replacement plan if things didn't improve. And they are 10 spots maybe 15 spots better in beta rank than they were last season. That is not nearly enough improvement. And like, I cannot understand why they haven't made a move. It makes no sense to me other than that. They don't think that they have somebody on staff that could be an improvement. And I just find that hard to believe Like USC yeah. is still regardless of all of this. Those players are talented. Now they may not be, you know, like shut them down. Alabama talented, you know, like coached up by Nick Saban, but they are much, much more talented than what we see with the product on the football field. We'll see. I mean, like it, it's almost cost them, right? And and I think that this is the opportunity. Mean, you have a Caleb Williams has made up for some bad offense, like on this team. I mean, it just it's just if you're if you got him, smoke them while you got him, because we've seen what happens. Like, look at Ohio State, right? They had three like back to back to back to back awesome quarterbacks, and now they don't. Right. And now they, they're yeah. probably on the outside looking in. I mean, maybe not, you know, they, they might be able to pull it out, but, but look where the, I mean, look at this Ohio State. I mean, like, look, if you had taken this, de- they had a top 10 defense. If you take it, this defense and put it with last year's offense, like you're yeah. cooking. If you're the Buckeyes, like right now, if you're USC, you are looking at having counting Oklahoma three years of Caleb Williams and nothing to show for it because you yeah. had a bad defense Every, I mean, not just a bad, a horrendously bad defense <laughs> every year. You will lose to Tulane, which you've already done in a bowl game. <laughs> and then you'll probably use, like lose to Texas Tech in the holiday. Bowl oh, if dude. You don't turn yeah. This around, like, like now <laughs> US, USC as they sit right now isn't good enough offensively to hang with Oregon and Washington and has a defense that is going to give up a bajillion points to Oregon and Washington. Yeah, those games that. like those those games right now if you i mean look like things could change by the time we get to those games those are the last you know part of the last three games of the season like oregon and washington were pro- would probably be double digit favorites against usc 
Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see those lines, especially after they beat Notre Dame. I'm like, right? not saying right. like 20 <laughs> points. I'm saying like they'd be like 10 or 11 point favorites, right? Like maybe nine, but it's more than one possession. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I, I, I've been underwhelmed by the offense this year. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. That part. Um, and they, they can run the ball. That thing is like, I think part of it's the line, right? Still like Arizona. That, here's the thing. Okay, well, last thing. Arizona pushed around with like four, like four rushers. Often. Right. That offensive line, Arizona, right? Like, what are we doing here? with with a bunch of guys that are like, that was like, look, USC got Bear Alexander, who is at least like second string, like at Georgia, like US, Arizona got Bill Norton, who played on like punt coverage. <laughs> like, yes. You know, they got Taylor Upshaw, who is a cast off from Michigan and Colorado. <laughs> You know, and they did it right. I mean, I think what I will say, what really helped Arizona too is like, man, I like you got to give them credit. Like they've recruited some guys. Like Prysock can play. So good, Davis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll keep a lookout. Fun games, fun games. I'll make sure to record most of these, and and so that way I'm knowledgeable the week I get back. Uh, Twelve pack radio. And are you doing the Saturday six this week? I am. I'm probably going to get it out on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, Sharp College Football on YouTube. Check us out there. Check all of Rob's numbers out at sharpcollegefootball.com. And we will catch everybody next week.